0: Welcome to the Inclusion Think Tank podcast brought to you by New Jersey Coalition for Inclusive Education, NJCIE. As the name suggests, this podcast will discuss inclusive education and most importantly, why it works. On this episode, I welcome my guest Priya Valetti. Priya and I discuss how making inclusive education a collaborative approach by involving all faculty and staff, other students and families is beneficial to all students. To the Inclusion Think Tank podcast, brought to you by New Jersey Coalition for Inclusive Education. On today's episode, I'm happy to welcome my guest, Priya Valetti Priya, I'm very happy to welcome you to the podcast today. Thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me. Excited to be here and chat for a little bit.
0: Yes. So um, I would love to share a brief story about you where uh, you were a great welcome to me during my first week of uh, working here with New Jersey Coalition for Inclusive Education. I was in many uh, seminars that week, and uh, one of the first ones that I was in, you and I shared a breakout room, and you definitely helped uh, calm my fears and my nervousness of being overwhelmed with all of the information. So uh, I definitely (laughs) want to thank you publicly for that and uh, making my transition into this uh, position very, uh, very easy.
1: Yes, I remember those, you know, I remember that feeling of being overwhelmed. So happy to have, you know, helped with you with that, to yes. take it, you know, one Zoom room at a time. So. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes, it definitely helped me uh, prepare for the other seminars that I was a part of. It was like, okay, I'll get it. You know, it's it's just take one thing it. at a yep. time and it will all <laughs> come to me. So uh, again, thank you for that. To start off, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and uh Yeah, just tell us who you are and and some things that you like to do and uh, anything else that you would like to share with our listeners.
1: Sure. So um, like Arthur said, my name is Priya. I um, have really been involved in education my entire life. I have always wanted to be a teacher. I became a teacher um, and actually did one of the pilot programs at my college, Boston University. They were initially piloting a program where they said you can get duly certified in elementary and special education. It was it, as it was called at that time. And I thought, Hey, why not? So I was one of the first to kind of try out that program and fell in love with it with, taught for many years, mainly in New York city. And while I was teaching in New York city, I always kind of had a bug for pre-service education. And so I thought, you know, let me try this out. Why not go back to school, you know, spend some more money and, um, decided to do that. So I returned, um, to Teachers College, where I did my doctoral work in curriculum and teaching. And while I was there is where I really got introduced and kind of immersed in a way to inclusive education, because I was, you know, working in the department as junior faculty and also supervising student teachers in both their general ed and critical special ed placements, as we called it and really just fell in love with it so decided you know this is really where i'm meant to be and um since then i've been teaching at montclair state and their inclusive education department and through that actually got introduced to fred um who is you know the head of njcie and he linked me up with some consulting opportunities with schools and providing professional development and training And I really feel like I hit the jackpot because I kind of get to have one foot tapped into the academic world and teaching at Montclair State, but my other foot stays embedded in the practice and seeing all the great things that teachers are doing in schools and really allows me to kind of marry the two worlds together and feel very lucky that I have the opportunity to do that. And then beyond that, I mean, that's kind of my education world. Um, for fun, I grew up in upstate New York, and my whole life I thought, oh, let's let's not move to Jersey anywhere but Jersey, but here I am, and fell in love with Jersey. I love living here. I've been here. We've been living here for about eight years now, and um, my husband and I have three girls, so they are currently ages nine, seven, and five, so they definitely keep me on my toes um, and remind me that I don't know everything that teachers know. So. <laughs> and for fun, I like to hang out with my family. I love being outside. I have been trying to read for fun more than usual, which has been nice. And um, I love to bake. That's my go-to. So that's a little bit about me. <laughs> oh, that's
0: that's great. I love um, I love being outside as well. And baking is one of my favorite things as well, so that's really cool to hear. <laughs> um, and I, I love what you said about um, being able to have one foot in uh, academia and being able to um, to be a, a professor at uh, Montclair, and then also being able to be in the schools and seeing uh, you know seeing some of the things that you're teaching those uh, soon to be teachers in action. So it's uh, really, yeah, that's a really cool, cool thing, I'm sure. <clears throat> um, so our next question is uh, a, a very interesting question and I'm asking this of all of our guests just to see uh, you know, the difference and the similarities in uh, some of their answers. So uh, the question is, what does inclusive education mean to you and how would you define inclusive education?
1: Yeah, that is a big and essential question. I think, you know, I'm interested to listen to the podcast too, to see some of the similarities and differences that come up. I think that one of the beautiful things about inclusion is that it's so dependent on, you know, the students, the environment you're in and all of that. So there's not, you know, to have one standardized definition, I think would take away from some of those nuances and some of those complexities that come about with inclusion. So when I think about inclusion, I mean first and foremost, I, I see it as a civil right for students to be able to get the education that they deserve in an environment that suits them with, you know their grade level peers. I think one of the uh, major misconceptions about inclusion is that it's thought of as a place or a location, meaning that you know, if you were to put students who have varying needs in another classroom, Now you've you've accomplished inclusion or you're doing inclusion and I think that one of the things that I often talk about with my students is that it's a mindset inclusion is something that we need to believe in first we need to believe that all of these students belong here and all of these students are capable, and I think that is one of the essential you know prerequisites of inclusion. And I think beyond that, it, you know, we have to think not as inclusion as doing something. In other words, it's not something that we are, you know, checking off the box um, by physically placing the students inside or, you know, giving them certain work to do, but really it's creating a community. So I see inclusion or and inclusive education as our ability to kind of create a community where learner diversity is apparent and is being attended to. And there it goes beyond you know attending to learner diversity in terms of academic needs, but also we are creating a community of learners where there's social belonging so that students you know are are feeling that they belong in that classroom. It's not just about you know providing accommodations and modifications, but it's really making opportunities for students to feel part of this inclusive community, so I think all of those things go into you know, the mindset and creating this community, recognizing um, learner diversity and creating that social belonging. That's where, um, that's what it means to me. And I think, you know, in an ideal world, I always, I always dream of the world where we no longer have to say, you know, inclusive education, because all education, you know, really, in my mind, should be inclusive. In other words, there's learner variability, not just students with IEPs, but all students have learner diversity and um, variability. So it's just, you know, doing our job by meeting their needs, both academically and socially.
0: Yes, it is. Um, it's so important. I love what you said about first, it it starts with in the mind of believing. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then also what you said of, it's not just something, a, a box we check off and say like, oh, okay, yeah, we're, no, that's that's what we did, and this is yeah. yeah. So it's checked off, and then um, it it's so true that every, you know, you can have a room of of thirty students or twenty students, and every single person will, you know, learn in a different way. And I um, I've, I've shared before that I remember being in class where what the teacher was saying and how the teacher was explaining it just did not make sense to me. <laughs> yeah. But if one of my classmates, you know, really just said, like, it's like, just don't pay attention to that. Like, think of it this way, and they gave me a whole new way of thinking of something. It was like, oh wow, okay, I get it. And it it goes back to uh, you know, the visual learners and the textile learners and things like that. So it's just like some people need to see it and hear it, um, uh, mm-hmm. you know, at, at the same time, and then other people can just read it and you know comprehend certain things. And so it it is uh, you no, know, it's very i i I agree with you as well like looking forward to the day when we can just say it's you know it's education and not inclusive education Education. (laughs) where everybody is just there and learning and everybody's together so uh you know hopefully that day is coming uh soon (laughs) i hope so (laughs) (laughs) so uh you in your when i asked you to uh tell us about yourself you gave a Bit of a background about your educational um, Mm -hmm. background. And, um, you know, can you tell us when you, uh, at what point in your life did you realize you had an interest in uh, inclusive education?
1: Yeah. So, I I mean, I mentioned that when I was in my undergrad, I entered as an elementary ed major. And then partway through my freshman year, our department presented us with this opportunity to get duly certified in elementary and special education they you know we would take a few additional summer courses we would have to do an additional student teaching placement but they kind of advocated as you know this is the future and you really need you really should be learning you know how to teach varying groups of students and so i thought you know of course why would i not want to be equipped with teaching students with varying needs and so that was i would say my my absolute first introduction Um, and was immersed with it in and out while I was teaching. I did get a chance to co-teach some of my classes, so got a taste of that, but I would say that my, kind of the turning point for me when I realized I really, you know, this is what I want to focus on, is when I was doing my doctoral work at Teachers College, and there I had, I mentioned I had the opportunity to supervise student teachers in the field and it just so happened you know with the logistics that i i ended up being i ended up um supervising many student teachers who were in co taught classrooms or you know what were labeled as inclusive education classrooms because of the um, makeup of the students in the classroom and really just kind of piqued my interest in terms of you know this is really an art in itself and a lot of the strategies and tools and um Things that they were that they were learning and utilizing, I felt that you know was fell short of some of the education that I had, had had strictly in elementary education, and really saw the need of it. That you know, being out in New York City public schools, entering so many schools and seeing the need and um, and seeing the benefit, I think that that's when I really you know, not that I was ever doubting it, but I really. Just felt it was my passion to kind of advocate, advocate for this as much as possible. When I saw, you know, students who in any other school would have been in a self-contained classroom succeed and participate and be so happy in these classrooms where they were included with their grade level peers, that I thought, you know, this is this is where my passion is. And I want to do everything I can to try to advocate for this, whether it's through academia or consulting or whatnot. So I think being in those classrooms and seeing the success and the of the students in particular and talking to those teachers really piqued my interest and that's when I kind of said all right I'm going to help teachers get prepared to um you know teach in an inclusive way and you know that's that's kind of what drew me to to this field.
0: Yeah, I love asking yeah. that question because we all you know, our, something in our life always clicks that leads us into, uh, what we're doing in our, um, in our life. And as you, you know, as you said, like, uh, it's your passion and it's really, you know, I'm always interested in hearing how people came to, uh, hold the positions that they have and what part of their, uh, experience led them to, uh, where they are today. So that's, uh, really great. And just, um, you know, how, how it was always, you know, part of your education from undergrad through your graduate work and the doctorate program. It's just, uh, you know, it was like, it was there all the time. And then you just (laughs) said like, okay, like this is what I'm doing.
1: (laughs) Yep. Yeah. That's
0: really, that's really great. (laughs) Uh, We we've touched on this um, I think um, already, but can you, can you share with us why you feel inclusive education is important?
1: Yeah, sure. So I think, you know, I mentioned how I really, and I know that there's a definition out there that kind of defines as, as a civil right. And I think that first and foremost, it's important because it is the right of these students to be educated in a way that mirrors our society and thinking about, you know, the fact that we hopefully are not segregating groups of students in our society and keeping them apart from their peers or their colleagues, I think that we owe that to our students to be, you know, to for our schools to mirror the society that they're going to enter. And I think that, um, you know, research upon research has shown the benefits of inclusion. So there's really no, no reason to, to not advocate for inclusive education where students are um you know taught along their grade lo- grade level peers with accommodations and modifications as need be you know i'm not saying that there there's not a time when it doesn't make sense for to pull a student out of course there may be times when that is the best thing for them to meet a certain need but for the most part you know the needs can be met within the general ed classroom and then i think you know having those interactions with their peers and the social interactions which i think are are not talked about as much as the academics, understandably so, I guess, but I have a, a little bit more of a passion in kind of trying to bring that to the forefront, too, and thinking about the social benefits that the students are having and engaging with with their peers. And so I think that it's, you know, it's funny, I had a conversation with one of my, with my soon-to-be fourth grader last year when she noticed that some of her friends were getting taken out of the class to go, you know, to to a it's not a self-contained room but to get some basic skills instruction they call it and she was perplexed she said I don't understand like why can't they just do that in the classroom is there something special in that room and it just led to this whole conversation you know with an eight-year-old at the time thinking you know I don't get it why can't why do they have to leave like she's my friend I don't want her to leave and she's gone half the day and so it's I mean the innocence of that I think just brings us back to it just makes sense. it just makes sense for them to be educated alongside their grade level peers as much as possible, and that their needs are you know being met in an equitable way, so again, getting what they need, but having access to that curriculum and to their to their peers so
0: It's so amazing how kids understand those mm-hmm. types of things and they they notice it. You know, like, oh, yeah. like you said, it was like, Hey, like why is she leaving this room? <laughs> you know, why can't yeah. they just do it here with everybody else? Kids really pick up on those kinds of things and um that's that's so important to, to notice and uh it, it's really great that um you know, I, I think children are the are the first ones who understand the, the differences and they help a lot of times they help educate the adults <laughs> yeah. about it's
1: like uh, yeah, I think, and we had this whole conversation about. I mean, we didn't call it this till the end, but it was like mm-hmm. equality versus equity. And she was commenting on how, you know, some people do need help in reading, and some people need help in math. And you know, no, it doesn't make sense for, um, you know, me to see this teacher because, you know, sh- then that would take away from so and so who needs her support in learning how to read and all of that. And it's helped me as a mom because one of my kids, my youngest gets car sick. And so she gets to have gum when we go on long car rides and that's always a fight. I'm like, Oh, equality versus equity. Do you need the gum? You don't need the gum. So, (laughs) Yes. That
0: is great. (laughs) That is really great. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. Kids, uh, kids are really, really great in that way where they, uh, you know, I th- I think they're at times they're more accepting of uh you know their peers and their differences, their disabilities or or whatever uh, you would like yeah. to call them, and it's just like they want you know they want their friends to have the same experiences as they do, like and whatever it takes to get there, it's like let's make it happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh. So uh, to wrap up this conversation. Uh, I just have one, uh, one final question. And that is, uh, can you tell us something that schools can do to become more inclusive?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the center of so much of our work that we're doing with um, the grant project, and also, you know, NJCIE. And I think that for for schools, I think that you know the one thing that i see coming you know and talking with administrators and um, and being in so many schools in new jersey i think a lot of it and you know the schools that we that i've been in I have already taken this step is to offer the opportunity for teachers to have you know some professional development some training um even just conver- you know allowing time for conversations about you know these important topics like You know posing out there what is inclusive education what does that mean to you you know taking something like that that's just a conversation starter and getting that conversation going because i think you know as teachers i remember it's go 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 all day long you're you know grading papers you're planning your lessons you're looking at the standards and you know planning units with your colleagues that you often don't have the time to kind of stop and think about, you know, these questions that are guiding a lot of your philosophy and teaching. And I think that allowing those opportunities, whether, you know, whether you have the opportunity to, you know, do a more formal professional development, or even just taking the time in a faculty meeting and pausing and thinking, all right, let's have this, you know, conversation and get this going. Because I think that you know, coming back to this idea of inclusion as a mindset, I think it is so important to, um, for administrators and schools to allow teachers to have those opportunities. Because if it's presented as, you know, this is something to do, again, I don't know if that's really accomplishing what we want to accomplish, because it comes back to, you know, this is not a checklist that we're marking off that we have, you know, these students physically placed in the rooms, and we have these, you know, um, flexible seating and all that, and all of that contributes to it but it's more than that and i think that taking for for schools to to take that time and allow teachers to reflect to converse to collaborate and to get professional development on um you know how to put this into practice is really helpful i think that another thing is that um i hear from teachers a lot of the times is that they would love more professional development and you know thinking of something like co-teaching which is one of the more common practices used and you know spending the time and learning about the benefits of the different models and seeing examples i was in one school that adapted a peer visit program which was phenomenal they took the time um to allow teachers to visit their colleagues when they were doing a co-taught lesson in some way to kind of get ideas from and see what their colleagues are doing which we never get to do. I mean, even though teaching is such a collaborative profession, I think it can also be a very isolating profession where you kind of stick to your room and, you know, don't get the opportunity to see what's going on outside your doors. So I think providing those types of opportunities as much as possible for teachers to feel confident. And, um, you know, I hear so many teachers say, there's no way I can teach so-and-so, you know, he's reading at a second grade level and I'm a fifth grade teacher. And I hear that all the time, but then after, you know, saying, okay, well, tell me about the student and tell me what you know about them. And let's take a look at your curriculum and see what we can do to accommodate and to modify if need be. And I think those, those are lost opportunities where we get caught up in thinking we can't, and then it transforms into, um, you know, not then presuming competence for the student. So I think essentially it is you know, offering that time for teachers to really get trained, converse, and collaborate. And then one other thing I want to add is I think that is sometimes overlooked is trying as much as possible to involve the families as well, as much as they would like to be involved. Um I think that, you know, you you alluded to this in your comment, Arthur, about how thinking about learner variability and how certain students may just, you know, prefer learning in a different way. And I think um you know, a lot of that, we have to look at families as experts as well. And I think that they, you know, they're bringing with them all these funds of knowledge from their houses, their cultures, their backgrounds, and knowing their children. And, um, you know, something as simple as a monthly check-in, where I saw a teacher do that, where they would send out a monthly check-in and the, the families would fill it out. And it was something as simple as, how's it going? Is there anything that?" You know, you see as red flags, anything we can do to make this experience better, you know, tell us about tell us one exciting thing that happened, you know, to your child this month and something like that, where you keep the line of communication open, because I think, you know, families are experts as well and we need to draw on them to to learn about the students and um and to involve them and one. Um, One thing I saw recently, Shelley Moore, um, who I'm sure many of you know, posted a image a couple of weeks ago, which just sat with me and she said, you know, so often, you know, I remember growing up walking into classrooms and there were these signs that said, all are welcome here. Right. So it was kind of like everyone's welcome. Come on in. And she said, you know, she had heard someone and I i, I don't know the the exact source, but Shelley Moore re, retweeted it and said, what if we reframe that and say this classroom was made with you in mind? And I think that to me just sat with me and was so powerful and really spoke to the need to to get to know our students. And part of that is through the families and to to think about who our students are. And then design our classroom in a way that is fit for them to to succeed. So I really loved that and felt like it, you know, went along with this piece of what we need to do as as teachers, as schools, as administrators, and and families can help us with that as well.
0: Yes, and I think um, throughout our conversation, the word collaboration has come up a few times, and. Mm-hmm. as as part of that collaboration as you mentioned the family would be a part of that um, Mm -hmm. because they do have those behind the scene uh clips and and views into the the student's life of of like you said even cultural differences and uh that plays a huge role in uh in learning uh, for a lot of you know for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons so uh, including the family is definitely uh, a very, very big thing. And I love the, um, you know, this classroom was created with you in mind. Like that's just a really, really great way. Like, cause it really is, it's framed differently. And it really made me it think like, great. oh, wow. <laughs> like, wow, that that's so different than, <laughs> you know, all are welcome here. Like that's really, uh, it does, it takes it to a different level. So that's a very great very great quote there. So uh, <laughs> yeah, so Priya, thank you so much for your time today. I really enjoyed our conversation and uh, getting to know uh, a little bit about your story and uh, your interest and in your family. And then uh, also with, uh, thank you for sharing the knowledge that you have uh, in the area of inclusive education. It has been uh, such a great pleasure to uh, talk with you today and uh, to hear Uh, what you had to share. So thank you for your time. And I really, uh, really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This has been fun. I was nervous to do a podcast, but it was fun. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) yes. Excited to hear the other
0: episodes as well. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So, uh, but thank you again and have a great day.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Take care. You too.
0: We thank you for listening to this episode of the Inclusion Think Tank podcast. This podcast is brought to you by New Jersey Coalition for Inclusive Education. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube or Spotify. And don't forget to follow us on social media at NJCIE. Until next time.